Welcome to the Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Michael Baranowski, a professor of political science at Northern Kentucky University. I'm joined today by my conservative counterpart, Cleveland area attorney and defender of freedom, Jay Carson. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jay. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm fighting a headache, actually. I've I've got like a bad sinus headache. It's it's one of these, you know, the temperature is like dropping like four degrees within yep. like two hours. So it's I understand. I've been feeling a little weird too. I've been doing science experiments on myself lately, and some of them have gone better than others. I guess interesting side effects sometimes, but I'm a curious guy and you know, I'm right here, so I try it out. But but also Yesterday, we're recording this on Friday, uh, the uh, 8th. Yesterday was, I, I walked out of my very last class as a, uh, as a college professor. Oh, no. Yeah, it was. Oh, no. Well, I don't know if it's sad. Is it congratulations or? A combination of both. You know, I uh, kind of stood in the empty room and turned out the lights. And it was, I don't know, it was, I spent a lot of years doing that. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to leave. I devoted a lot of my life to teaching. It meant a lot to me. And uh, so for the first time in, Next next year, in January of 24, for the first time in a lot of years, I will not be at college in one way, shape, or form. So go figure. But it does, on the plus side, it's going to give me a lot more time to do more stuff with the podcast in various ways. And so I am looking forward to that. Anyway. Yeah. All you right. know who else might not be at college next year, Mike? Who's that? Oh, <laughs> nice segue, Jay. Oh, I See? love it. Well, that's that's even with a headache, you yeah, you want the headache and the, yeah, the is, cold place on the end. Yeah. So, if you didn't already know, uh, last week the presidents of Harvard, the University of Pennsylvania, and MIT appeared before the House Education and Workforce Committee, and when they were asked by R- Republican Elise Stefanik if calling for the genocide of Jews would constitute harassment, they gave answers that, um, I'll say, failed to impress anyone, to say the least, because none of the presidents gave a direct yes or no answer. I mean, each of them suggested that basically what you would call harassment would depend on the context in which it was made. And this was not just a Republicans bashing liberal elite sort of thing. I mean, the White House issued a statement saying it's unbelievable that this needs to be said. Calls for genocide are monstrous and antithetical to everything we represent as a country. Now, after all of the uh, outcry from both sides, Harvard's president tried to sort of walk back her testimony or at least um, further contextualize it. Right. Uh, She issued a tweet that read. Let me be clear, calls for violence or genocide against the Jewish community or any religious or ethnic group are vile. They have no place at Harvard, and those who threaten our Jewish students will be held to account. Now, on Thursday uh, of last week, uh, Representative Stefanik said, after this week's pathetic and morally bankrupt testimony by university presidents when answering my questions, the Education and Workforce Committee is launching an official congressional investigation with full force of subpoena power into Penn, MIT, Harvard, and others. We will use our full congressional authority to hold these schools accountable for their failure on the global stage. And Representative Virginia Fox, who chairs the committee, said the investigation would look at the learning environments at Harvard, MIT, and Penn, as well as their disciplinary procedures, and that her committee would not hesitate to issue subpoenas. 
Now, Jay, I know from decades of experience, you're a big believer in the marketplace of ideas. Now, oh, I am. I, I thought you were going to say that my college administrators have always sort of been my like arch nemesis. <laughs> well, but. that too. But, but okay, so calling for the genocide of any group, it's certainly an idea. It's also certainly a vile and horrific idea. And so I guess I want to start at kind of the meta level before we talk about the responses. Do you think there's any place for that sort of discourse in any setting? No, I, I don't. I was going to say, ah, it depends on the context, Mike. It's a, no, I think, and I guess we're talking about a couple different things is, is when I say, is there no place for it? Is that something that should a college or university be able to do something about discipline a student for doing that and i would say yes now i guess now let's let's talk about if you know say they say well let me take, let me take that back that wouldn't be a good example no i think the irony here is is that the the colleges that have have gone out of their way right this to say we're a safe space for everyone and 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 everyone knew that wasn't really the case uh now are, are confronted with this, uh, you know, they they can't they can't sort of keep up the both narratives, right? We're a safe space, and the oppressors must die. So I, no, I, I, I yeah, I, I, as as a as a big free speech guy, I think saying, you know, advocating the the murder genocide of of people goes beyond the pale. See, I, I'm gonna now. I now would I now would I say would I say that should the government be able to prosecute someone for saying that? No, I would, I would disagree there. But if you ask me, is that reasonable for a college or university to say we're not going to accept that here? I think that'd be acceptable. And here's where I guess I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here. And again, I, I certainly agree that genocide. I cannot imagine a case being made for genocide. Anything resembling well, they're making it. But, but no, well, well, yeah, yeah people. Oh, well, I know. I can't. Yes, you're right. You're right. I can't imagine a case being made. I cannot um, imagine a morally defensible case being made. But I can. Well, I do believe there is a context in which you could, for instance, have somebody on who have somebody on campus as a speaker or something like that who says, "Listen, I think this group needs to be wiped out, and here's why." And the sort of a strict free marketplace of ideas sort of approach would be like, "Okay." You can explain why you think we need to kill all the, usually it's right, the Jews, but it could be any group. And we will respond explaining why you are a moral monster and you should be ashamed and decent people should not associate with you. And that's how the marketplace of ideas is supposed to work, right? Good ideas are supposed to drive out bad. And if you don't allow bad ideas to compete and lose, they can fester and become even more dangerous. And I don't think you disagree with that. Agreed. Yeah, no, I agree 100% with that. So then I guess then there's the disconnect at some point, at least potentially, because it sounds in agreeing with that, it sounds to me like you can imagine a context in which someone could present that view in sort of an academic debate sort of setting, and that would be not beyond the pale. But I think, and here's where the, the, the president's gotten into trouble. It's because that is my guess as to what they were thinking about, at least in part, not realizing that that would make for horrifically bad answers to this question. Uh, 
all of them are, I think, criminal, almost criminally negligent in public relations for not understanding that the only way to answer a question like that in any public forum is to start by saying genocide is vile and horrific and is right. morally bankrupt. However, that ought to be the that ought to be the easy political layout. Yes, exactly. And the fact <laughs> that not one, not two, but three Against of them genocide. failed to do that is just mind-bogglingly stupid. Right? So but so I guess do you see what I'm saying? I mean, would you agree? Yeah, that no, here here's where I would make it a distinction. Okay. Is is I think you can you can be sort of one of these like me a big marketplace of ideas guy and say uh, people should be able to say all kinds of crazy nonsense, people should be able to say crazy offensive nonsense, but there ought to be at some point that the the colleges don't I wouldn't say have to maintain a position of strict neutrality to all that nonsense, which is what they would seem to do in this case whereas they would not in others. And I think that's where a lot of people are seeing the hypocrisy. My sense is with any of these college administrators, if if someone got called in for using the wrong pronoun or saying something that, that could be construed as racist, which I think in their minds, a whole lot of things could, would expect they would have no problem denouncing this as a moral outrage. And of course, we'll take immediate action and there would be uh, disciplinary councils convened and, and so forth. But when it's it's this case, and, and, and I would also say there's there's two things going on. One, I think, is straight old-fashioned anti-Semitism, and the other is the Marxist struggle against the colonial oppressors bit. And, and they're allowing the second to really sort of do service to the first, if you follow me, right? I mean, they... They they see the this well it's it's a different context here because it's uh, you know one is the the <laughs> the colonizers who never have any rights and we hate them and and uh, they're oppressors and you know we divide the world into victims and uh, and oppressors so I, I think that's that's what's going on and they I, these these folks are kind of too blinkered to see past that sort of. Well, you know, and, Marxist but, piece. But again, I think that's maybe conflating some things. And I don't, I don't disagree with you necessarily on this. But the, the contextual part of this is that you need to separate the discussion of ideas as ideas and words as speech that is being used to harass and intimidate. And that can be, yeah. there can be. Oh, a, no, no. Yeah. That's something completely different. Yes. And these were people were pointing out too. Places. And I think when you get into a, it would be one thing to have a classroom discussion where people uh, take take positions about, you know, historical events and was this, uh, you know what I mean? It's something else to have a mob shouting for genocide. Absolutely. No, it's a whole right? different thing. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's two. There's one, there's sort of the one you, you are, we're taking a step back and taking a disinterested look in certain things that happened and discussing them and we can talk about them. It's, it's something else to say is this is, this is real and happening now. And this is what we're demanding. Um, my point, and I sort of, I sort of got, I sort of lost track of myself and it's, it's partially the headache and the, the stuff I'm taking for it um, is, is that there, there always has been, colleges have, have never hesitated 
to take positions on what they think is the morally correct attitude to have until you get to something like this, when then all of a sudden, well, hang on, it depends on the context, because there is this this disconnect. But um, it's different. There's a difference here. And because it kind of came out in the testimony as Stefanik asked additional questions, uh, certainly there's a difference between speech that actually is specifically directed at a person and is direct harassment or bullying. If you put your finger in somebody's face and you are screaming and spits flying and you're saying you're an evil bastard and you should die, that's that crosses a line. Right. As opposed to in this class, we're going to read Mein Kampf. Right. Or even, you know, or even as opposed to, and you got to remember the context of the question Stefanik asked, right? And she said that whether a call for genocide would be beyond the pale. And what I'm saying is that what these university presidents, I'm fairly certain, were thinking was, well, not necessarily because they could they could conceptualize that as happening in a way that was looking at it as an idea. And so I don't think that you and I necessarily disagree with them on that but they failed to understand the reality of the situation and what was really kind of going on there. And that to me is. Well, I, th- I don't think it's part of it. I think they, they misunderstood that. Uh, but, but let me put it this way. Let's, let's say if you had asked these college professors, let's go back a year or so, a couple years ago, and uh, say there's a student group that wants to have a, a uh, uh, whatever demonstration, a, a celebration of white people, Right. Would the college professor's position, university president's position been there? They would obviously have said, look, this is this is ridiculous. We're not going to tolerate this. This is these are so. words. You know, there were these, nope. these are folks nope. who are always saying I, words are violence. I disagree. I, I think, think they would. No, I like think that. I think you're totally wrong. I, I've had I've had uh, opportunity to uh, have sort of close personal interactions with multiple university presidents and uh their first reaction to almost anything in public is to straddle and to talk about context and to not give straight answers. And I would expect that that sort of tendency would be even greater when these people are testifying before Congress. The mistake you're making, maybe, and the mistake a lot of people are making is think that, thinking that university presidents are, are, are like regular academics or normal people. They are bizarre individuals, especially these folks who are running these top tier elite institutions. They're every bit as much politics. Oh, I, I think that came across. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but but so I think I think if if they would have been asked the same question about a celebration of whiteness, they would have given a substantially similar answer for exactly the same reasons. Would they would they have taken substantially similar actions on campus though? What actions are you talking about, I guess? I mean would would students have been disciplined would would the that's, event have been well, that's canceled another issue, shut though, down? That's those not, I mean, things, right? That that's I think that's a separate issue, certainly. Well, no, but the, the question the question that Stefanik posed was sort of does this you know does calling for genocide violate your student code of conduct? Yeah, right. And they were saying, well, it, you know, it depends. it depends sometimes. My sense is, if you said, "Hey, we're going to have our celebration of whiteness party." I think there would be a pretty quick answer that they would say, yes, that violates our student code of conduct because it could make others feel uncomfortable and words can be violence. And this is inconsistent with our, our college beliefs and so forth and, and on and on and on that they and again, maybe I just don't know enough university professors. 
presidents, I, not professors would presidents. certainly be saying. I do, I do know professors. Yeah, but um, no, I, I see what you guys are saying. okay. <laughs> Some what, what I'm saying is, I think there would be sort of the the moral outrage on something like that, whereas with this, it's you get in that it depends. I, I well, and we won't know, of course, but I I believe it would be more well. I, you could do it. You could do the experiment. You could uh, plan the the rally for next week at, at Harvard and see what happens. But again, it's a difference between. An actual, you want to take odds on what happens? No, there's a difference between it, something like a rally and something like a hypothetical question being posed to someone. That's why yeah. these things aren't, yeah. aren't aren't comparable. But again, that doesn't matter. Well, but, the, but the this wasn't hypothetical. I mean, this was, it was. It was know, yeah, people question. calling for genocide. Yeah. But, but it was like, well, what does that mean? Calling this is what this is how academics, especially I think, how people who are very In, intifada worldwide. Not just, not just, not just for Palestine and or Israel worldwide. And, I mean, and what is what does that mean? That to me, that that is well, kill the Jews wherever you find them. I I think that's certainly one way it could be it it could be interpreted. Absolutely, I don't disagree with. So that. a Jewish student who's who's there hearing that could say, "I'm not super comfortable with this," and I, this is more than simply a. a, a, a Theoretical discussion, right? Well, of, again, of what policy ought to be in the Middle East? But here's the thing: it depends on the context, and it really does. Because I can envision asking a question like that in a class, saying, "Like, well, okay, here's this guy. I find an article or something like that, and Bob here thinks that we should kill all Jewish people. Let's consider this argument." That to me would be well within the bounds. Nothing I would do because it would just be, but well within the bounds. Why wouldn't you do it? Because honestly, it would just be too much of a pain in the ass to deal with people who would, and it's not my because the administration, the administration, no, they would would come down on you. Not on me. No, you don't think so. Nope, I know. Well, not maybe not on you. Well, um, no, and I think also <laughs> there's a mistake that is made, assuming that every institution of higher learning is like Harvard or or Penn right. or MIT. Those are the ones what, what that about, all of those. What about the- I say those are the ones that all those liberal elites and conservative elites, all those people who are shocked, just crammed on the hill. And in all of those newsrooms, whether it's Fox or CNN, those are their people. That's what they think the world is. But no, the world is a hell of a lot more Northern Kentucky University people and Baldwin Wallace University people than it ever will be. Harvard, Yale, MIT, or Penn, and the media totally misses that. And so people get an incredibly skewed view of what higher ed is like. We hope you enjoyed this preview of our supporters-exclusive midweek show. If you'd like to hear the rest of the episode, we hope you'll consider becoming a supporter. Supporters get ad-free access to all of our shows, membership in our Politics Guys Discord group where you can join in on the conversation, and other benefits at different levels of support. To become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash politicsguys. You can also support us through Venmo or at politicsguys or through PayPal. You'll find all of our support links in the show notes as well as at politicsguys.com slash support. And if you'd like to get the midweek show, but you're not in a position to become a financial supporter, that's not a problem. Just send me an email at mike at politicsguys.com and I'll be happy to get that set up for you.